previously on House of Mirth. Time next tea cake. The best of the lamentable Star Wars prequels, The Phantom Menace. Hang on, what's been happening here? Get your coat off. Bam, bam, bam. What do you mean that's all? It's a cult classic. Not like some kind of geek homing signal. Before drowning in a bucket. To bandage a clown to save the circus. Speak, man. What's thy name? This is Tate and Lyle, extra fine granulated sugar. Those idiom lovers certainly know how to have a good time. Meanwhile, in an empty theatre. Hello? We're locked out of the house. Play the cliffhanger music. And now, episode three. Matthew, it is cold. I'm freezing. We can't get back into the flat. What are we supposed to do out here? Hey, uh, look, I've got a guitar. We could busk. We're not that desperate, yeah? Well, Stu will be home soon, right? Yes, of course. Uh, we just wait it out. Oh, I'll, I'll text Stu to let us know when he gets back. But where are we going to wait? What about that theatre? Well, that one over there? Yes, the one over there. Give, give it a try. Come on, Wateracre. Let me take you by the hand and lead you through the streets of London. Oi, shift! All right, all right. Here we are, just through these doors. Luke Kennard! Where have you been? I've been waiting here since last episode, all alone. Really? What have you been up to? Performing my poetry. It's, it's not too bad an audience. Zero. Goose egg. Bupkiss. Not too bad in, in, in poetry terms. Oh, great. I, I've got a joke for you. I've been, I've been working on it, so there's time alone. Uh, uh, knock, knock. Who's there? Wesmeich. Wesmeich who? It's, it's on your foot. Or one of them is, and so's the other. Brilliant. What's through here? It's Pega Bovine! How odd. Mentioned cheese and biscuits till we've had enough fun. <laughs> gonna take a minute, baby, Bell. Gonna split it into two, and then we're gonna each take a half, and then that's half for me and half for you now. That's never gonna fill us so well. Gonna take a second, baby, Bell. We'll start the process over till we've run out of mini baby Bell's mercy. <laughs> Biscuit assortment. I'm hoping that you're not lactose intolerant. I'm hoping that you're contemplating on this picnic as a prelude to getting it on. 
got a thermos flask. Gonna unscrew the thermos flask. It's filled with a lovely homemade soup. Mulligatane! I will drink it out of the thermos lid, but I brought a mug for you specially. I'm hoping that attention to crockery detail really drives you wild. I'm hoping that you like my biscuit assault, man. I'm hoping that you're not lactose intolerant. I'm hoping that you're contemplating on this picture as a prelude to getting it on. If you were thinking on this picnic as a prelude to getting it on Do you really want to kiss me or are you trying to say that you're still hungry? Is it just too much for me to ask? You want a piece of Battenberg or a piece of my bottom? <laughs> I'm hoping that you like a biscuit assault, man I'm hoping that you're not lactose intolerant I'm hoping that you contemplating on this picnic as a prelude to getting it on Thank you <laughs> Does anybody have any paracetamol? <laughs> it's not part of the act, I actually have quite a headache. <laughs> um, do you know sometimes when you go to, uh, if you're male, and you go to uh, a toilet in a pub and somebody's wadded up some sort of tissues and napkins and, and sort of bunged up one of the urinals? What, why do people do that? <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't funny at school. And you go out into the pub and you look around and everyone's quite old and mature looking. Quite, who's, who, is, who is getting off on this? Anyway, that's my Jerry Seinfeld impression. Um, this is from my uh, collection, The Harbour Beyond the Movie. I became the youngest poet ever to be shortlisted for the forward prize and then everybody decided they hated me. So I'm shaking because of fear and upsetness. This is a poem called The Murderer. I take the murderer for coffee. Make sure you don't murder your coffee, I joke. He likes my jokes. Later, I swing a plank into his face. This is to stop him enjoying himself, which is integral to the rehabilitation process. His mouth trickles blood like a tap quarter turned. He likes my analogies. Hey, murderer, I yell. Murdered anyone recently? The murderer likes to play badminton. When he loses, I say, that's what you get for being a murderer. When he wins, I say, I guess you got yourself in pretty good shape murdering all those people. I'm not about to let the murderer forget he's a murderer. When I dance with the murderer, I let him lead because he is the more proficient dancer. Just be careful not to murder me, I tease. The prison sits on the horizon like a great grey ashtray. When we travel, I give him the window seat. Hey, murderer, would you like a sandwich, I say, or would you rather murder someone? The murderer eats his cheese and ham sandwich. The forecast is for snow, I tell him. Thank you. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm ready when you are, Aaron. Ready? Okay. <clears throat> Everything must go. The sensational summer sale at World of Leather. Sofas, armchairs, stools, shay longs, all reduced. Come down to World of Leather this weekend and leave with a bargain. 
World of Leather, Sidcup, Croydon, and now Tottenham Hale. How's that? <laughs> Traffic noise? Well, is this studio not soundproofed? Okay. I thought that was fine. Everything must go the sensational summer sale at Wheel of Lava. Sofas... Sorry. What? What did I say? <laughs> really? <laughs> Wheel, of, Wheel of Lava. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's go earlier then. <clears throat> Everything must go the sensational summer sale at Whirl of Feather. Sofas... Uh, what? <laughs> so, Well, well... Uh, okay. <clears throat> Everything must go the sensational summer shell at Weird of Murder. So... <laughs> what's wrong? I'm a... I'm a professional. I think I can say the name of the client, Heron. <laughs> Once more. Everything must go at the sensational Shamashel at Wink of Turner. Lupus, Arsehole, Sticks, Che Guevara, all relubed. Come frown at Bold of Parker, this best friend, and heave with a Martin. Cotswolds of Lever, Sick Note, Condom, and now tickling a quail. Anything wrong with that? <laughs> And now the last word in terror hits your eardrums like they were actual drums and words were sticks. An excerpt from our eagerly awaited adaptation of the 1963 film. It's The Man with the X-Ray Eyes. Ah, Dr. Xavier, I see you've met Dr. Fairfax. Uh, no, actually I haven't. Uh, we've just been standing here. Uh, uh, well, in that case, Dr. Diane Fairfax, I'd like you to meet Dr. James Xavier. I'm pleased to meet you, Doctor. Fairfax. Dr. Diane Fairfax. An appropriate name, if you don't mind me saying, Doctor. Not only are you fair, but you're also a facsimile of the Xerox girl on the posters over the 14th Bridge downtown. And she's advertising fax machines. Thanks. You're welcome. We could go out. I'll buy you a packet of crisps for the machine. Maybe later, Doctor. <laughs> That's what I like, a bit of professionalism. Right, now that you two are acquainted, I'm going to go and mess about with a centrifuge. You know, if you put a mouse in there, it comes out with a really big head. <laughs> oh, I take it Dr. Brent has explained our work to you? No, not at all, actually. Oh. Yeah, well, that was remiss of him. Well, uh, I'm developing a serum that, when applied to an eyeball, allows that eyeball to see through any solid object, to become, in essence and being, an X-ray eyeball. Well, and how does it work? Absolutely no idea. <laughs> well, imagine the fun. You could read every magazine in the newsagents just by standing there. You could see the air inside a balloon. Oh, you could perform the loveliest party tricks. All of those things are, as you say, Diane, lovely. Mm. But I'm more interested in the medical implications. Ah, oh, are you? Yes. Well, explain those medical implications. The body as a window, Diane. A window. All men would be as sandwiches to me. But not our foolish clothes sandwiches. No Scandinavian open-top sandwiches with all fillings exposed. <laughs> With our miserable, wretched x-rays, we're like a wedding guest at a buffet who can only see the tops of the sandwiches and occasionally pokes a little hole through and pronounces it ham. But do we see the cheese underneath? No! No, Diane, we don't! And what if we are lactose intolerant? Or should the cheese be on top? Vegetarian? I'll tell you precisely what. Allergy. Embarrassment. Doctor! 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 Doctor. Doctor, Doctor, I'd just like to say I really enjoy working with you. I think the work you're doing is great. Really great. I'd hate it if anything went wrong. Thank you, Doctor. I'm serious, Doctor. I'd really hate it. Especially what with us being such old friends. 
Remember when we used to throw rocks at the windows of the abandoned schoolhouse back in Ohio? I'm serious too, Doctor. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and now, for the monkey. The monkey? Hold him down, Dr. Fairfax. He is vital for the experiment. Now, I'm going to place several drips of this serum into each of his two eyes. You can't see through his eyes. No, but he can, Diane. And soon he will see through much more. (laughs) (laughs) What can he see? Everything. Nothing. That sort of thing. I was just a humble monkey, (laughs) but now I can see through the universe, and everything makes perfect sense, apart from that bit over there. What the fuck is that? Ah! (laughs) Dead. Quite. Quite dead. But... I know, I suppose you saw too much. Or not enough. That's terrible. No, it was a stupid monkey anyway. Well, at least it proves beyond any shadow of a doubt that that serum works. What a triumph! Shall we go for that packet of crisps? No, it's evening and the gnats will be out. (laughs) I hate gnats, Diane. They are the parasites of the insect world. Maybe if we ate them inside. Clever as well as beautiful. (laughs) What was that? Oh, I said, Trevor in Hell is Dutiful. It's a new bebop song. Now, uh, let's get that packet of crisps. Later that day. Testing on a monkey is all well and good, Dr. Brent, but we must test on a human being. Otherwise, we'll never actually be able to tell if it works or not. True. But that monkey died in immense pain. Who would put themselves through that? You? Certainly not. And Dr. Fairfax is elsewhere. I suppose it must be me, then. Yes. Just let me uh, loosen my tie. Now, if I scream, I want you to pour in more serum. But, Doctor... But nothing. More serum. (laughs) What if you scream... No more serum. Then pour in much more serum. (laughs) But uh, shouldn't we have a safe word? Hmm. Very well. The safe word will be... Monkey. Monkey. And should I use this safe word, I want you to pour in the whole bottle of serum. (laughs) Well, well, that rather defeats the object of a safe word. Start the recording, Dr. Brent. Doctor's log, studied 141210. I am about, with some trepidation, to place several drops of serum into Dr. Xavier's eyes. With some trepidation. Oh. Oh, blast. Sorry, we'll we'll have to start again. I said, uh, with some trepidation twice. Nonsense, carry on. Right, here goes nothing. Uh, Which eye shall I squirt it in first? Uh, The one in the middle. (laughs) Sorry, I'll wipe your forehead off. Right, left eye. Ah! Right eye. What, what, What can you see? Everything is different. In what way? In such a way. Can you... See through stuff? You're missing a button on your shirt. No, I'm not. Exactly. I was looking through the button. I can read this book. It's terrible. What does my skull look like? White and bony. Brilliant. More serum. More serum. Here we go. Ah! No, 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 no. It's horrible. I can't stand it. No more serum. More serum it is. No, 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 no. I need mean, ah, I changed my mind. Monkey! Monkey! The whole bottle of serum it is. Ah! What can you see now, Doctor? Oh, he's, uh, unconscious. Uh, this is from a sequence about, um, uh, an advertising executive. 
Um, and it's the third one, so sorry if it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Part three. His last job was for Coca-Cola. The 30-second spot comprising a slow pan across a graveyard and a biplane skywriting as the camera closes in on a gravestone inscribed simply, You before focusing on a close-up of an abandoned can of Coke at the side of your gravestone, spilled slightly over the ground, closer still to reveal an ant paddling with one foot at the surface of a brown droplet on a blade of grass, before we pan out again to reveal the skywriter has written the following, Coca-Cola predates you and will outlast you. (laughs) Followed by a slow fade to the familiar cursive, this time not in skywriting, but superimposed over the scene in white. And there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. <laughs> H's original catchphrase was over 17,000 words long, divided into chapters and concerned, among other things, our living outside of history, a state blamed by H largely on Coca-Cola itself. One chapter entitled, We Are History's Exoskeleton, which digresses on the theme of exoskeletons per se, and the kingdoms of insects, about which we know not nearly so much as we think we do, nor ever will. Like much of the tagline, this was considered excessive by the junior copy editor, who simply took the first and last sentences of the thesis and came up with the graveyard scenario by herself, which enraged H, who refused to attend the award ceremony at which the commercial was later honoured, but then so did everything at that point enrage him. And yet he remembers this time fondly in his autobiography. Thank you. As I came out of Mr Prianthi's convenience store... I spied across the street that a silver-plated metal Honda Civic had come loose of the road and had smashed into the front of the swift dry cleaners. Well, I was eager to help, but I didn't have any tissues on me. So I popped home. As I was leaving the house again some quarter of an hour later, Kleenex in hand, I thought... Now those boys, they'll need a hot drink after such a horrific accident. So I popped back into the house to make them a thermos of tea. But by the time I got back to the Swift Dry Cleaners, only two hours later, the boys were gone. Whether to hospital or to the other side. The, the, the car was, was on the back of a van and the window was being repaired. Well. I sat on my bench, drank my thermos of tea, and felt happy that I was playing a vital part in this most vibrant of communities. (laughs) Cheers! I opened a small English surgery in Beijing offering the locals an alternative to the acupuncture, aromatherapy and herbal tea of Chinese hospitals. I used a radical, non-holistic approach, separating body and soul, prescribing medicine and, in some cases, surgery. (laughs) Within weeks, I had many converts. A man who'd been using deep meditation to combat his acute appendicitis was delighted to have the offending appendix lopped out with a scalpel. I took a woman with glandular fever off her course of ringing silver balls and CDs of waterfalls and placed her instead on a course of medicine, which had her writer's reign in no time. Naturally, I had my critics. The newspapers were always running stories like Does alternative therapy really work? and Is the English surgery the emperor's new clothes? And I just pointed to the results. 
the boy with the broken leg who recovered once I changed his diet of exclusively red and orange foods and instead put his leg in a cast. <laughs> the blind man whose lot improved considerably when I replaced his regular chakra realigning massage with a guide dog. <laughs> of course, some people come to me looking for spiritual answers, and I'm happy to share with them my godless cynicism and dry sense of humour. I fear my surgery will remain the realm of the alternative bohemian crowd in my adopted country. But if I've convinced just one person that there's an alternative to all this naked elk running and mud baths, I've achieved here what I set out to do. This is a short poem called Chorus. The choir hadn't left him alone since the first day of summer. He awoke to find them stationed around his bed. One day the choir arrived without warning or explanation, sang the choir in four-part harmony, <laughs> handing him toast. On his first day back at work, the choir stood at his desk singing, The choir are making his professional life impossible. <laughs> Two weeks later, his partner left him for an osteopath. Hannah cannot stand the choir any longer, they sang. That night, he pummeled the choristers with his fists. He beats the choir in frustration, but though they are bruised and bleeding at the lip, they sing with redoubled vigour, sang the choir. And then they sang, He cannot get to sleep! He cannot get to sleep! He cannot get to sleep! In perfect fifths until he fell asleep. In time, you may even grow fond of us, they sang quietly. Several points in my life I've thought I'd discovered how to make people like me I found that's the equivalent of covering yourself in pig's blood And saying to a shark, come and bite me Or covering yourself in pig's blood and saying, look I'm Carrie there's nothing dignified about that <laughs> I thought I was being funny but I was only being a twat <laughs> I'd like to apologise to my friend Pete's wife Susan let me shampoo that carpet again And to Peter himself You know that party wasn't about me I should have used more of my brain And to Susan's friend Zoe Who said I had turned the night Into a pig's ear I thought I was being funny, but I wasn't. That's now painfully clear. I'd like to apologise to my parents. My career choices haven't been the best. And that was never as clear as that. Susan and Peter's party It's amazing I eluded a rest Oh, Faye Duxbury She just broke down and cried James Butler threw up in a bin 
funny, but it didn't appear that way to him. I'd like to apologize to the pigs whose blood I used to recreate the famous scene from Carrie. To Miss Sissy Spacek, you know your performance was very good. It didn't deserve parody. And as I tipped up the bucket, I saw the face of Stephen King. He looked at me like I was a turd in his bed. I thought I was being funny, but I was being a real dickhead. I'd like to apologise to whoever directed Carrie. Was it Brian De Palma? It might have been. You had the foresight young John Travolta and the films full of well-directed scenes Oh, I saw it last Christmas I liked it a lot but that didn't mean that I should copy it a bucket of blood over myself at a party. <laughs> what a twit. Hickleberry by and House of Luck was written and performed by Davis Walteracre, Jenny Sutton, Matthew Johnson and Luke Kennard. It was recorded live at the Canal Cafe Theatre! <laughs> hey! Hello? Oh, hi, Stu. You're home. Brilliant. What have you been up to? Writing jokes, eh? Would I like to hear one? Um, sure. Who's there? Where's my shoe? Oh, yeah. Very good. <laughs> <laughs>